Namaste. Satnam. Hi. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. That's me. Guess what? <laughs> um, I just feel like I need to say my name at the intro so that people uh, know my name. Okay. <laughs> also, when I say namaste and satnam, I'm not even totally sure what satnam means. Um, it's just something that they say in kundalini yoga. I think it actually means... Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it actually means truth is my name. So yeah, that sounds about right. Or that's what one kundalini girl on YouTube says that it means. So sat means truth, nam means name. So I say namaste. Uh, if you don't even know what namaste means, it's basically a recognition of the light within yourself, um, the sort of deepest knowing intuition so when you say namaste to someone it's like a recognition like the light in me recognizes the light in you so I just felt like I needed to say that because um, y'all are probably like what the fuck is satnam no one no even knows really typically what namaste means people just say it and don't really realize what it actually means so okay um that's it for the podcast bye um <laughs> anyway welcome hi a uh, thousand serious moves if you're new to the podcast this is I'm a comedian and it's sort of a loosely based spiritual type podcast <laughs> um, where I talk about spiritual things um, yoga psychedelics your childhood it's very loose someone asked me one time he's like what do you even mean by spirituality and I think it's something that's like um, I don't think that you can really define it in a clear way. I think it's something of like a search for truth, um, a search for a deeper meaning in things, uh, perhaps a connection to a higher power. That's how I define it. So um, anyway, hi and welcome. <laughs> I have been, okay, on today's podcast, I am interviewing Katie McGee, who's a hilarious Houston comic, and she's about to move to New York, so if I have any New York comic friends listening, she's not moving till September, but hook her up with shows in New York. If you live in New York, be on the lookout for her, follow her on social media and all that shit. Okay, <clears throat> anyway, but before that, I'm going to talk a little bit about where I have been at in my personal life, I have decided to stop drinking. Fuck. <laughs> I don't even really consider myself an alcoholic in the typical way. Like, I haven't ended up in a hospital or lost my job because of drinking. You know, I just power through the hangover and throw up on my way to work. Um... <laughs> Though I have noticed recently that my drinking has become, it's like I'm stopping it in the path, like, of on the way towards alcoholism. Um, I've heard it said that alcoholism is a progressive illness. Um, so I guess maybe some people kind of know right away that they're an alcoholic, but I think you can actually kind of 
turn into an alcoholic on accident. Like, you don't realize, like, because it's a slippery slope, right? Like, you know, starts out, okay, day drinking, it's brunch. Brun <laughs> brunch is fine, um, but then sometimes I just noticed myself where it was like, I don't really drink during the day, but, you know, I was drinking at night and kind of felt like I wasn't really totally in control of some of my thoughts and behaviors, and I got to the point where even, like, two drinks would just kind of, like, toss me over the edge. Like, even one drink would just kind of put me in a totally different mind state where it's like I wasn't, it's like I stopped having fun. So I kind of noticed that there's been a shift in my relationship with alcohol, and it's something that I've been trying to, I've been kind of vaguely wrestling with since I guess a while, um, or something that I've always been sort of aware of, because my dad and my grandparents were alcoholics, and, you know, but I was just like, okay, I'm not an alcoholic in the traditional way, um, but just recently, I've kind of like, okay, wonder what would happen if I stopped drinking, and it's funny, I had a dream about a week ago, um, where I was talking to some people, and I said to them, in the dream, I said, yeah, you know, it's crazy. As soon as I stopped drinking, all of these things started to manifest in my life. And I really started to flourish in a whole new way. And I woke up and I kind of had this epiphany that it was almost like that message in the dream was like, it was like a message from my future self. It was like my future self um, visited me in the dream and kind of laid on this sort of insight that what if I stop drinking? Let me step back and see how things are going to manifest in ways that I can be more connected to God, ways that I can be more connected to myself. You know, because it's like I would, I would wake up hungover and I would just kind of like go through the motions of, you know, doing yoga and the things that I know that I'm supposed to do just to kind of keep me on track. But I notice, like, even now when I stop drinking, like, okay, first of all, it's not easy. Like, for me at least, maybe some of y'all are like, whatever, I could quit drinking anytime I want. But maybe some of y'all are kind of like me where, you know, you maybe vaguely consider yourself some type of alcoholic. But I just noticed that, like, um, I wasn't totally connected to my, like, deepest part of myself and to God. And, you know, I know people can get a little touchy when you talk about God. But I don't mean God in, um, you know, how you think of God with, like, a he, you know, God, him. Uh, I mean, like, the connection of the universe and the sort of... Um, disconnected but also interconnectedness of all things like when I say disconnected I mean I don't think God is judgmental I, don't, I think that God is like beyond our petty emotions um I maybe consider God as some sort of like swirling connection of all things um that I believe is inherently good and love and wants good things for us um, so I just kind of noticed when I was like waking up hungover that I was just sort of, it took a lot more work to try to connect to that. And 
having maybe like a clear mind kind of helps, makes it a little bit easier for me to tap into those, um, that connection to um, goodness, um, to clarity. Um, this all might kind of sound vague, but it's my truth. I'm speaking my truth, so fuck you. I'm not here to make friends. Um, actually, I really am here to make friends. Um, that's why I came here. I only came here to make friends. <laughs> what if I went on a reality show and I just was like, um, I'm just here to make friends. Um, I don't really care about the guy. Um, so fuck that guy. That guy's probably a dick anyway. Like, do you think they... <laughs> It probably sounds like I'm drunk, but I'm not. Um, do you think that when you go on The Bachelor and you're a guy, do you think that they measure your dick so that they make sure that, like, no guys who are The Bachelors have, like, a micro penis? Uh, <laughs> they probably know. I mean, the producers, they're probably all half gay. Like, they probably don't make you take your pants down, but they might, actually, because you have to sign that non-disclosure, so... Anyway, uh, so I've been trying to stop drinking. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's kind of what I've been working on, things I've been uh, struggling with. It has not been easy because, you know, I thought like, oh, I could stop drinking anytime. And then on Friday, you know, Friday night, like, let's go out. I was like, okay, I'm going to stay in, paint the apartment. And I started crying because I wanted a drink. Like, I just was like, one drink. Like, I started to get emotional. It's like, you know, because you're letting go. It's like, I'm letting go of something. <laughs> and that's not easy. Like, letting go of anything is... Is this microphone on? Okay. <laughs> I'm let, You know, letting go of anything is not easy. And so, that's the thing, is like, that with... Also, though, within the struggle therein lies an opportunity to awaken and to connect, to learn a lesson. So, okay, so there's something for y'all. Okay, um, maybe you don't want to quit drinking. Maybe there's something else in your life that you feel like is holding you back. Let's do this. Um, try to think of something that you want to let go of and then try to let go of it, like a bad behavior something that you think is keeping you from meeting your full potential. Okay, so it could be drinking, it could be judging people, it could be gossip, could be smoking weed. And hey, you know, weed is great, but you know, Lord knows that sometimes we end up using it in ways that is just a crutch. And that's not even any judgment. That's just, let's see what happens if we let go of something. And accept that there will be times that there is a struggle and it's not going to be easy. <laughs> um, but just try. I actually would love to hear if anybody, okay, one, if anyone is listening. Two, um, if there's something that you want to let go of. Um, if you want you know, me to just know or I would love to share it on the podcast, send me an email therapistjokes at gmail.com or therapistjokes. Consider me your, your ther therapist. Your <laughs> um, I'm not a rapist. Um, or am I? Only if they want it. So anyway, I would love to hear at gmail.com. I would love to hear um, what 
you are considering letting go of and let's build like a support team please send me an email um just let me know you're listening and I, yeah i would love to build some sort of support um i'm considering going to aa by the way so um anyway send me an email um I'll probably be talking more about my journey of trying to not drink um, in future episodes. So, um, yeah, so that'll give you something to listen to. Uh, listen to me cry and talk about um, how big the bachelor's dick is. So, anyway, um, but for now, I'm moving on. We're moving on to uh, my conversation I had with Katie McGee. It's very good. Uh, make sure you listen all the way through because. Um, there are, you'll get a reward at the end if you listen all the way through. Um, there's actually a surprise. I will actually give you money through your phone. Um, it's this new app. Um, it's called Reverse Tithing. Anyway, okay, listen, enjoy. Bye, love you. Hello. Welcome. Uh, welcome, Katie McGee. Hello. Thank <laughs> you so much. So happy to be here yes. outside. Um, Katie is a Houston comic. Um, she's very funny. Oh, well, Houston now, New York soon. Ugh, New York soon, yeah. When are you going? September. Okay. Making the big... Uh, serious the first serious of thousand moves that's the name of the podcast i got it thank back you for in the plug <laughs> that's awesome are you excited or I'm very excited mostly that nervous excitement mm -hmm. where you have diarrhea all the time oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i am very nervous because just because it's like so serious and far away uh-huh but also mostly good things mostly all good things <laughs> yeah um and you've done comedy in new york too so uh, a few i've dabbled yeah yeah a few rooms not nothing to you know warrant moving there. <laughs> <laughs> well what what made you want to make the move from houston to new york um a group of us are actually mm -hmm. moving down there so the opportunity and the place Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just kind of one of those things where n the circumstances are never going to be perfect. You just yeah. kind of have to take that giant leap. Fuck yeah. And if I don't do it now, I'm g not, g you know, if I don't do it in my early, mid-20s, uh -huh. I'm not going to, you know, want to do it when I get to be a whole grumpy 30-year-old like yeah. I'm probably <laughs> going to be. So I want to get it out there and do it. And then if I hate it, I can always come back to I Houston. I love that. Yeah. That's how, how old are you? I'm 26. Yeah, 20-year-olds never care when you ask how old they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no, I just tur I turned 30 in September, yeah, so I'm still like... I'm still I in my just, 20s. Uh, like. Yeah, I'm <laughs> aging rapidly, so I can just tell I'm not going to be able to, like, handle it. No, that's it. Get. I love that attitude because when yeah. I moved to New York, I was, like, 22 or something. I moved up there for school. I had taken years off and okay. then went back. Um, and it was kind of the same attitude where it was just like, fuck it. I'm in my Why 20s. Yeah. Like, And then I ran a marathon one time Ooh, when I was, fun. like, I was, like, 21, and I was, like, I'm literally – the youngest that I'm ever yeah. going to be, it's only going to get harder yeah. if I wait. So I might as well just do it now. Yeah. That's a, that's a good philosophy. Then a very tw early 20 something, uh, <laughs> philosophy to have. Yeah. Like, I gotta just do Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. Not, I mean, nobody's 
as much as like the baby boomer generation likes to claim that they had all their shit together, Whatever. every big decision they ever made was just like, eh? <laughs> yeah, for I'm real. I'm going to have five kids. Who cares? Oh, my God. <laughs> Caution to the wind. <laughs> so how long have you been doing comedy? Um, ab- about two years now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I've been stand-up comedy, but I've been doing, uh, I did improv and sketch and stuff for about five years before that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's definitely, like, time. I mean, New York is, like, it's a lot, and yeah. it's a lot of work, but, yeah. I mean, you're funny. Like, you already have that going for you. Like, yeah, what, and you know. I, I mean, apparently it's, like, nothing, nobody there cares about anything you do before you get there. Mm-mm, so mm-mm. it's kind of like you're just starting anew anyway. Exactly. But at least you have material that you know you yeah. can start with and yeah, you're not yeah, just, yeah. like, And I know how, t- like. yeah, I think I've figured out, I mean, I still... I'm not trying to, like, that's my biggest fear is people hearing that I'm moving to New York and be like, oh, she thinks she can move to New York. She what? thinks she's good. Ever. And I know I'm going to eat shit. Like, <laughs> I'm fine with that. No. It's going to be bad for a while, but event- you got to do it eventually. You got to just that. bite the bullet. It's so true. And it's take like, it on the chin. okay, Might so. Might as well do it now. Exactly. I'm like, what am I waiting for? Okay, let me wait until I here. get, like, it's like New York is where all the opportunities right. are anyway. I mean, well, and it's relatively. Al- yeah. And it's always, it's not like I was just like, oh, I guess I'll move. I've always, ever since, like, I recently was cleaning out my childhood closet. Oh, and no. I found a diary that said <gasps> just, like, all of this, I'm going to move to New York. Oh, And I'm going to love it. And I can't wait. And I'm going to do it as soon as I can. Look out. Here I come. And it just made me cry. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually doing it. So Do you believe I'm in, like, manifesting? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're, if that's where you say you're going to go, I think that's, you you uh, put things in in action to to do the thing that you want to do. You kind of create your own choices that way. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, uh, there was a time when I was like, "Ah, maybe I'll just live here forever and just not (laughs) Mm. (laughs) pursue my dreams. And then I snapped out of it. Have you ever? And it's not like I'm saying uh, oh i'm gonna be big famous person in new york mm-hmm. i'm just gonna, uh, that was my goal to move <laughs> have you ever read the alchemist no i haven't um so it's or i don't know if you're familiar with like joseph campbell talks about the mm-hmm. hero's journey okay and like in literature there's like the process of like the hero's journey mm-hmm. who like you know they start at a certain place they start at their home and then they're called to go somewhere yeah. else and okay. you know the hero's journey um it starts with Usually there's a lot of favor on your side whenever Mm. you first start. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, all of a sudden things start going well. And that's like, it keeps you motivated Mm -hmm. to keep going. But that also within the hero's journey and the process of learning is that like bullshit will come along your Mm -hmm. way. And you have to like learn how to like sort of work your way through those things. And I one thing I said the other day, I was like, I was like, the hero's journey doesn't end at like my mom's house like it's like the only way that you can really go on that journey is to make yourself uncomfortable and like first step yeah and I think so many people live in fear of like what if and Mm -hmm. um like what other people are saying you know and so I love that you're just like fuck it I'm gonna go oh yeah I'm still very worried about what people are saying yeah no but just doing it anyway I'm just gonna do it anyway exactly like yeah I mean people are gonna hate me that's fine yeah I mean because you're never gonna make everybody happy like 
you know, and fuck the haters. Right. Like. And as, as long as you're at least doing things that you can at least maintain the happiness or at least maybe advance it to future happiness, uh-huh. maybe you're going to be really, really sad and depressed. But then eventually you might not. Or you're going to be mm-hmm. even sadder if you don't try it. And exactly. just get, keep delaying your happiness. Right. It's you like, know? okay, I always looked at it as like, I don't want to be like 40 years old and be right. like, I wish I had done all mm-hmm. these things. You right. know, it's like, just do them. Right. Like, but I think so many people get paralyzed. We, got, we have a fly. We have Little a guest buggies. fly. That's all right. Um, We're on his land. <laughs> um, so many people get paralyzed by their own fears and what they listen too much to what other people are saying. Sure. And then it holds them back. And that's really sad. Yeah, it yeah. is. So. Yeah. I think I, I saw that a lot growing up was just like a lot of the uh, female role models in my life just like put their own dreams in the backboard uh-huh. or back uh what do they call it back burner back burner yeah. <laughs> backboard that's base back basketball thingy <laughs> um back burner but so to have families mm-hmm. so they chose to do that in order to do something else that maybe they did want but they did kind of want something else too so yeah i wanted to make sure that i didn't let that happen simply so that somebody in my family like my nieces and nephews can see that some some you know it's obtainable it's mm-hmm. possible for you to not just be a mom or a teacher exactly or not to say later like not to say that those aren't very <coughs> validating course, and some people love those things it's just when growing up that was the only thing i ever saw a woman do yeah same I and mean. so when i saw somebody a woman in a point of power it jazzed me like, well, <laughs> it was that's so possible. exciting and i would love to bring that feeling of uh uh encouragement to somebody who's never seen that before that's beautiful yeah you know i, I used to be married i like oh yeah yeah i got married when i was 19 and then oh, wow you know i <clears throat> was this when you were you religious at the time yeah, yeah. uh-huh i mean technically like mm-hmm. i was kind of on my way I started going to like the hippie church you know I was kind of like on my way of like yeah (laughs) trying to like just figure things out you still have one foot on each side kind of yeah but definitely like getting married that young was you know it was easily easy to justify it because I was religious or whatever like nobody batting an eye they're Mm -hmm. just like yeah well if you're gonna fuck like you have to get married might as well get started now (laughs) yeah yeah you know and it was like I had been married for a few years and started going back to school and I was just like seeing all these people going and like moving to Austin and like going away for school and doing all these things. And I was like, wait, I want to do those things. Like I want, I don't, I don't want to look back on my life and be like, I, you know, just like I said, like my shot. Exactly. Like live with regrets. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so, you know, then the marriage kind of, I made, I made some decisions that weren't great to like make the marriage not work, but I think it was for the best. Right. I mean, I don't, regret them per se right you know I'm much happier now than right. I was when I was married so yeah you know and it's the same idea where it's like oh I easily could have just been like gotten pregnant sure. and thank god I didn't get pregnant and then you would, yeah yeah you know and mm-hmm. and like you said it's not that that's not fulfilling for some people or whatever right. but that like it's also like nowadays like in your 20s you don't have to make those decisions no. like you can and wait. it was like, yeah it, it especially like I don't know, maybe my brother's generation, it was it was just right before the mark of 
like they grew up in a really great economy so it was like <laughs> yeah absolutely we can have a kid of course like, we have a really you know the economy's great and then all of a sudden shit hit the fan okay yeah and then people started yeah so it yeah so i guess they didn't maybe that wasn't on their so like i i don't know what i'm trying to articulate here like growing up for me it was always like family will happen maybe eventually but um there are there are uh economic advantages to holding back oh my god <laughs> i was talking to my boyfriend about that earlier we were just like now we both have jobs and are like yeah, yeah, yeah. established here i'm like can you imagine like feeding my boyfriend alone is so expensive I know. like he, oh he just goodness, eats like having a kid alone would just <laughs> be like, like having oh a toddler god. exactly i like, know just right? like so are you um i was going to ask you when we were chatting beforehand mm. like did you grow up religious? Or I did. Okay. I actually grew up in a private Christian school oh, until did. high school. Oh, my God. Which yeah. one did you go to? I went in the Woodlands. Uh, what was it called? Christ Community School. Okay. And then another one called Oak Ridge Christian Academy. Okay. I don't for know. For one year. Yeah, I went to Faith Christian Academy in oh, Pasadena. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't think we played y'all in sports or anything. I don't That's think how so. I would it know was, y'all. Yeah, it was, it was more the, oops, <coughs> it was more the uh, Conroe ISD. Okay. Thing. Area. And what was the denomination of that? Was um, it? Um, it claimed to be non-denominational, but it was very. Uh, I would. I think the reason it attracted my my mom works there, so uh-huh. um, it was probably a little less religious than she would have liked at times. But it was. Uh, we were Baptist. Okay. Uh, we yeah. were Southern Baptist Hell eventually, yeah. but that's like what we very strict. Yeah. Uh, conservative Baptists as well like you as yeah. well. I listened to your episode. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah. But then, yeah, so it was skirt uniforms. Uh, exactly. And <laughs> jumpers. and So cute. I mean, culottes are oh, yeah. adorable. Culottes were adorable. <laughs> um, at a certain age. And then middle school happened and you're just like, what shape oh am my I? God. <laughs> Those uniforms are, I guess they're not supposed to be flattering for anybody. No, like, they're not. That they yeah. weren't. <laughs> yeah, the button, you had to wear the button yeah. down. Like, yeah. It's weird how that's like a fantasy for people now. <laughs> I was on my last episode, I was talking to <laughs> oh, yeah. the guy that we went to Christian school yeah. with. He's like, now I have a schoolgirl fetish. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's very common. But I mean, if you would have seen what a real schoolgirl looks like. Yeah, not cute. Like, turn well, I guess if you're a in. pervert. Like, yeah, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I guess a 12-year-old's a 12-year-old's a pervert. <laughs> Did you? Were you allowed to wear makeup and nail polish to uh, school? Uh, not makeup. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think nail polish was a problem. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. We had were in, you, in you my had school in junior high, the girls could before junior high you couldn't wear anything. In mm-hmm. junior high, you could wear like lip gloss mm. and like um, like clear or mm. like light pink nail polish. That's and then so funny. Light pink. I know. <laughs> and uh, the colors that I was thinking was just like glittery blue uh, and just yeah, crazy no, no, neon No, colors. you couldn't wear that at all. Even I the got high those school, colors The high schoolers the had to wear um they had to be like of the red shade. Like you couldn't wear How Handmaid's Tale. Blue or <laughs> yeah. I'm like where does it say that in the Bible? Right? Like Thou shalt shellac with the colors <laughs> of the menstruation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and Foucault, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He has He's a French philosopher, mm. but he has a book called The History of Sexuality, and mm. he talks a lot about, like, the ways in which, like, 
we try so hard to like separate like the sexes mm-hmm. and to like repress our sexuality actually end up sort of like amplifying yeah. it like yep. and like because you're putting so much focus on being like girls over there like yeah. you have to look like this it's like then it almost becomes more Puts intriguing. a magnifying glass on it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For sure. That happens. Yeah, I mean, that's like the forbidden fruit. Like if you, the Uh heart wants what it can't have, you know? Yeah. Blue nail polish. Blue nail polish. (laughs) So what was it like growing up in the Christian school? Like what, did you have like Bible class or? Yeah, yeah. We had Bible class and then chapel every Wednesday. Us too, Uh, yeah. Uh No math. (laughs) No math? (laughs) It felt like that. Yeah, It felt like there was only Bible class. (laughs) (laughs) Like we would get to a, like I remember getting to high school and taking my first science class and then being like so in the evolutionary process oh and i just God. wrote this isn't real oh on my, my science God. test <laughs> and the teacher you was failed? just like what am i supposed to do <laughs> and he passed me <laughs> oh that's great so yeah. so you were questioning even like in high school and yeah um well i i was al- i was always it was very important you know when you're a kid it's very important for you to get validation from adults Mm -hmm. and the way that the adults were giving the kids validation was through religious practices, learning Bible verses. You know, we would go to Awanas and stuff like Uh that, uh, which is just like um, boy Scouts and girl Scouts. But instead of learning practical skills, you just learn Bible (laughs) verses and how to be a lady's wife. And yeah, exactly. um, And so it was, it was, very obvious what the uh, adult people in my life wanted from me. Mm -hmm. So I did that because I wanted very much to get that approval from the people that uh, you know, my adult role models and stuff. And it still didn't work, right? So you're doing as much as validate you. you? Yeah, no, no, it was always like you're you're still a bad kid, kind of. Or you're well, at a certain point, you know, when you're getting becoming an older kid, you're trying to figure out who you are. And I never really had um, because I went to a private school. I never had uh, a lot of girls in my class. Mm -hmm. So, but they, like you said, they established the gender roles right off the bat. They sure do. So there were I was the only girl in my class. So they were only (gasps) treating me differently. Only girl. I was the only girl out of like five boys for oh my God. from like second grade to fifth. That's insane. Yeah. And so there would be like one random girl maybe in fifth grade and I didn't I didn't know how to get along with her. Uh-huh. <laughs> like everybody was like, you guys are supposed to be best friends. And I never really clicked with me. Yeah. And so I felt like I wasn't right. Like I didn't do it right. And then like I would ask why. Why, why, you know, I would be like, why can't I get this right? And my role model's uh, response was always, maybe, maybe you need to talk to God, clear your heart. Oh, yeah. That's a fucking cop out. You got that pride. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, go pray about it. And so every single thing, it was just felt like, well, maybe you're wrong. And so it was never like my problems were real. And so, uh, yeah. It just felt like that for for a real long time, and then eventually I was just like, maybe you're wrong. For maybe real. all this stuff is wrong. Maybe and fuck so you. I just like, like. destroyed. Like eventually, when I moved out of my house, I just became atheist and never looked back, uh-huh. and just kind of never uh, readdressed it. Kind tried to be like spiritual and do meditations, and I think that that does help my anxiety and social anxiety. Yeah, and physiologically, stuff like that. it yeah. helps. Yeah. Um, 
But it doesn't, I still kind of feel like I'm in limbo with uh, spiritual identity, like mm-hmm. specifically right now, like when you get to a certain point and you're kind of like everybody else, I, I guess it's, it's this world where you're on display all the time and everybody else is on display all the time mm-hmm. and you're like, this is me, but I don't know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with where comedians were, they were told like, speak your voice, speak your truth. And we're like, I don't know who I am. Oh my God. <laughs> totally. Right? Especially like when I first, I mean, just like in the past year or two, have I started to really get a firm sense yeah. of who I am. And I'm there's probably, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's multiple reasons for that. Um, right. therapy, yeah. um, psychedelics i don't know if you've ever done psychedelics i have that yeah. also took me <clears throat> down a bad path too because i used to be able to do psychedelics fine like a champ mm-hmm. like a big girl <laughs> and then eventually i got to the point where i was just i'd take them mostly shrooms i can i can't fuck with shrooms but i can do acid um <laughs> that's funny usually yeah. it's the opposite really yeah hmm. maybe it's a diff- uh, head high versus a body high i feel more body high during shrooms yeah. and it made me sick and uh and then i isolated myself and then i went inward and then i would say i couldn't handle it ther- i would say therapy yeah yeah have you ever been in therapy yeah i'm i bit was in therapy for a few weeks and then she was like okay that's all was it a christian <laughs> therapist no okay i, um, I specifically went <laughs> out of my way to find somebody who wasn't um but yeah i'm in the market for another yes. one because this move has got like stirring up all this i would say I, anxiety unfortunately, unfortunately i don't know anybody in houston but i'll ask yeah. around because i would say i have s- I, ha- I went back to the um the place that i go to and just asked for the, the other person moved to kingwood so they're yeah. just getting me another one from I the mean, clinic. I mean, I would say, so like, especially coming from a religious background, yeah. and I don't know your family history, <clears throat> but <clears throat> the religious background alone can create a lot of oh, yeah. issues and the way that you identify yourself. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was for a long time right. because growing up as a Christian, I was taught, like, deny yourself, especially as a woman, like, mm-hmm. deny yourself. Your feelings don't matter, mm-hmm. you know, like focus all your attention on giving to everybody else and as a result and like my mom never validated my feelings Mm -hmm. ever so it was like I mean maybe she did but not enough for it to matter so it was like so then into adulthood I was like I don't even know who I am like especially when I started doing comedy I had the Mm -hmm. same issues where it was like okay just write like who you are and I'm like um I have a dog (laughs) yeah and um yeah so yeah mine's I have a boyfriend yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I would say I would say that's probably why you started having some bad trips um yeah because there's a lot of psychological things that you know you should you know talk to somebody about yeah yeah and I've talked to people uh about my uh family the family aspects of it but it's um so I've I've I used to have a lot of resentment and anger towards how I was raised but Mm -hmm. I realized it's not it it was what my family thought was best at the time in their environment it's not like they specifically did it because they thought it would fuck me up nobody would ever do that they did literally everything in their power to make me the happiest kid that they ever could but it backfired terribly yeah unfortunately that happened and you're never gonna nobody's ever gonna have a perfect childhood so yeah and everybody's always gonna have resentment towards mom and dad but uh it was about for i've moved past being angry about it and now i just want to like make sure it doesn't happen to anybody else and 
try and make the most of it and yeah. still be true to that that is something that I did have to go through as yeah. a child and that's hard and that's but part also it doesn't define me uh, but it's you know? part of something that has created that has made you into who you are right. and it, though it doesn't define you completely it is something that you know like you said it's like you don't just pretend like it never happened right. you know I used to I didn't even know I had anger for the longest yeah. time like I mean I was in therapy for two and a half years before twice a week for two and a half oh, years wow. before I even knew that I had anger. Wow. Like I was, I wasn't even allowed to feel anger. So oh, it was like, I had to like, and then I was like confronting my mom. I was like, you're, you were so bad, blah, blah, blah. And she's yeah. like, and then her position was, well, I did the best I could. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I need you to recognize that there were times that that wasn't enough for right. me, you know? And it just, I mean, there's a lot of, shit that can go into going into therapy that just like comes up like and it's like I didn't even know that was there like it's just you just kind of repress all of it like just trying to like survive right like that's why we do it like you know yeah I had yeah I I was I went there for like these dependency issues that I had and then I went out with like (laughs) for with this resentment towards my parents, which isn't that therapy, man. <laughs> you go in. Yeah. You go in. It's like Target. You go in for eggs <laughs> and you walk out with a goddamn candle and a lamp and a yeah, for tub real. and yeah, cookies. I, I, um, I had been in therapy so many times. Like the first time I was in therapy was I was real little. My brother was real oh, okay. rebellious. And like, so my parents were like, go talk to someone. And the therapist was like, she's fine. She's perfect. Mm-hmm. But I was such a perfectionist that like oh, it like, didn't it didn't register to her that like oh, I was you were being giving a, her what she wanted. Yeah, yeah, I was like being a perfectionist because I had to compensate. Right. Like, and then I started to develop being the e- good kid because your other their e- other kid exactly. was uh, such a handful. Yeah, wow. and and then because that's hard to have to just e- decide take that on. As I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. I just did it yeah. for survival. Yeah. Like, and then because I was like not allowed to like have feelings or whatever I started to develop an eating disorder which is like what brought me to therapy the second third fourth (laughs) to like time like I was constantly in and out of different things and that was what kind of like that was a big transition for me and like kind of questioning my faith because I was like Mm -hmm. I'm praying and I still am Mm -hmm. making myself throw up like I'm still like dealing with these food issues you know and it was like I didn't realize that there were like deeper issues that were going on that wasn't just something that you could just pray it pray, right. pray the gay away or whatever well, you I know? mean, with, with the specifically with like the way we were raised it was so much like god is going to do everything to that everything bad that happens to you everything good that happens to you is because of god god's trying to tell you something yeah something good ha- if you find a hundred dollars that's because you were good that day yeah and if you lost a hundred dollars <laughs> it's because you did something wrong and you need to itemize what you did yeah. to piss off God when in reality sometimes we get in slumps no matter what sometimes our chemi- our brains are chemically imbalanced and we can be sad for no reason Yeah, exactly. or it's just other stuff that's attributing to it that has nothing to do with wha- our actions and it's exactly. not some secret thing that's going to be taking score and punishing us because we're not you know looking both ways before we cross the street or something, you know? Yeah. Little, little infractories that are 
fucking up your entire psyche. Yeah. It just puts a lot of pressure on a kid to always be worried about oh my God. the implications and of every choice you make. And like to have to say like when to have yeah. to like apologize and ask for forgiveness all the time all when the it's time. like it's like I would go to bed and I would be like Okay, let me think about all the bad mm-hmm. shit that I did today that I have to ask for yep. forgiveness. Because if for. I die in the night, I might go to hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, or if I'm not sorry enough, then mm-hmm. <coughs> bad shit's gonna happen to me, and I'm gonna. And it's like, yeah. I mean, now that I have a more like nuanced version and relationship right. with God, like I call it God, but you could call it the universe, right. like whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not the way that Christians yeah. define God because the way that I ha- I see it is like I don't look at God as a judgmental character i look at it as something that's it's like the connection of all things lowercase g yeah Yeah. it's it's something like um divine love right it's something that like i i and this is like energy yeah it's kind of like a like a buddhist nuance where it's like coming from a place of like no judgment sure where it's like if i do something that you know, I might have previously felt guilty about, like, if I drank a lot and I'm hungover right. the next day, like, you know, the default is to be like, fuck, I'm fucking, mm. like, I suck, whatever. But, like, the, like, Buddhist kind of, like, idea is to be like, no, this also belongs to, right. like, that all things, like, good and have, bad. You like, can't have kale salad without a few hangovers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yin and a yang. Yeah, that there's, like, yeah. there's this, like, connection of all things sure. that it doesn't have to it like takes both yeah and it's like if you have judgment then often that will just put you in like a shame spiral right. you know it's like that's what that was another hard thing that I had to unlearn was just like I think that was why I had such a hard time relating with people was just because I was taught that everybody's judging everybody constantly mm-hmm, for like, real like you know if, if something bad happened to you in your life and somebody knew about it. Like if your family member died or something, that's seen as a punishment from God. Yeah. <laughs> so you couldn't even mourn properly. You were, you know, asking for forgiveness for things, uh, acts of nature, act of acts of God. Yeah. <laughs> that, that had nothing to do with you, but you were still being judged based like it was your, your bad. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's almost like a misinterpretation of like, because if you look at like Jesus as like, a teacher and as a character he doesn't teach any of that no, shit it's very know? much the church that it's like yeah that. it's like you know i mean you could say the patriarchy it's the power structures and mm-hmm. people wanting to like have power Control over other people mm-hmm. and say like no you have to feel it's, it's like it's crazy it's so medieval and mm-hmm. it's crazy that that has still carried over into yeah. like our postmodern or post postmodern society it's where it's very like weird people don't really even think like that anymore like in general no. most people aren't like by default judgmental yeah. or like expecting you to not to that extent yeah it is very much taught yeah it's crazy like it's yeah. so medieval yeah yeah. Archaic. Yeah. Yeah. And then it uh, it's like, like you were saying, like Jesus never even brought up some of this I stuff know. that people were upset about, like red nail polish and yeah. stupid, like, v- like gender roles. Like that yeah. was such an important thing that women not wear pants. That was never, <laughs> m- Jesus never mentioned that. My Jesus mom didn't got wear pants. so much <laughs> shit because because I wanted to wear pants as a little I wasn't allowed to wear pants until I was 14 years old. Oh my god. Wow. And by that time I probably like was the hottest I had ever been. <laughs> You're a hot 10-year-old. I was a like. hot 14-year-old, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <14, yeah. laughs> um but yeah. 
So it was just like stupid stuff. And so, uh, yeah, if Jesus was seeing 2018, uh, you know, Jude Christian Christianity yeah. in the United States, he'd be like, what the hell? What happened? <laughs> what yeah. happened to all the socialist shit I set up exactly. all that, all that like, time ago? You know, You're voting for Trump? <laughs> it's crazy because it's like Jesus was anti-establishment. Yeah. And then he now Christianity. Yeah. Now Christianity has rock. become like an establishment, <laughs> yeah. you know? And that's why I don't completely discount like people are like the bible's nonsense i'm like no you just have to know how to read the bible it's the institutions that i mean there are issues with the bible like as far as like you know the people who chose to put these certain books together and things like that but it all boils back down to people manipulating exactly something that could have been fine people just trying to like you know pursue their particular agendas Mm -hmm. rather than just like yeah i don't know so um, so now you consider yourself an atheist um, or you're kind of like putting yeah, your toe pretty back much in the water right now. I mean, I, I've dabbled in, uh, spiritual, like, um, like meditation for, uh, yeah. V- um, meditations I've definitely done. I, t- I try to do, I mean, I know it's not like spiritual, but I try to do yoga. No, here fuck and yeah. There. I love yoga. Yeah. It really, I mean, it's, it's just like a physical, it, it's, it's easier for me to meditate while I'm doing yoga. Oh my than God. For me to just sit in my room and do it. Oh, I, I try to do yoga every yeah. day. Like yeah. it has changed my life. Yeah. Like, and what I like about yoga is here we are two white girls talking about I yoga. Know. But here we go. <laughs> but whatever, like it's breaking new ground. Good. It like is. what I like about it is the lessons that are along the way. Like yeah. you find a really good teacher where it's like the lessons of yoga are things like you start in one place and you're kind to yourself and then eventually you find yourself doing things that yeah. you weren't previously capable of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, be kind to yourself yeah. in the process. But still Check work hard on, yeah. and like yeah, like it's it's things yeah. like that that are really valuable in yoga that to me I consider that a spiritual practice yeah. like for sure I don't think the physical is like necessarily separate from the spiritual right. you know? I think they're definitely connected for me just because I'm so easily distracted by things physically especially I like to have a little task mm-hmm. so if I don't have something to do which is probably just uh, probably I don't know if it's anxiety I've always kind of been fidgety. Mm-hmm. Uh, ADD, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so if I don't have something to just like fidget or move or some kind of movement, like whenever I was in school, I'd like they allow me to stand up and just like move pace around or move around <laughs> so that I could hear. You know, uh-huh. otherwise I'm focusing. Be still. Be still. Be still. And I couldn't yeah. hear anything. So my stupid little brain had to reroute and figure out a way to uh, absor- absorb things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very much physical um, connecting. That Venn diagram of physicality and uh, spirituality yeah. that really, I guess, is easier than... And I know it's not a total, uh, th- totally the same as meditation, but it is... It counts in a lot of the same ways. Yeah, I don't... I mean, sometimes I try, if I could, on an ideal day, I would do both. Yeah. (coughs) One in the morning, one at night, maybe. Yeah, but if nothing else, I try to at least do... Mm -hmm. At least ten. throw in a 10-minute yoga. Like, ideally more, but, I mean, if nothing else, just, like, a couple cat-cow and, like, a downward dog or something, you know. Just to stretch and wake up. Yeah, it's, like, get your blood flowing. Like, I mean, because it's, like... 
taking care of your body is taking care of your mind, mm -hmm. which is like you're basically your spirit. It's where all yeah, your and intuition luck, and yeah. like you good know. luck doing any kind of movement like yoga where you're at least breathing, taking in oxygen, taking in a moment to move and breathe. Good luck not feeling better after. Oh that. my god, absolutely. You're, oh, you're definitely gonna feel. Oh, is that? Oh, that's my that's boyfriend. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was some jerk cat Did he, cat he, ho did he honk or catcall? He goes, babe. <laughs> uh -oh. I'm like, it's who a the fucking hell? jerk catcalling? <laughs> uh, he's just a sweet. He's just a he's sweetie. He's just a sweet. <laughs> and then I, uh, a few years ago, I dabbled in sigils. Oh yeah, so that's what's up. Yeah, I, I did I they work? Investigated. Um, Have you done like most most chaos magic or most I chaos I've, magic? I've dabbled in chaos magic. I'm very scared of um, fucking it up because it's so easy to fuck up. Uh huh. But yeah, I like the I like the idea of like it's it's very much about your con you're in control. Mm -hmm. You can make things happen for yourself. Fuck yeah. Did you make a New York sigil? Ooh, I haven't yet. Oh, but I might. Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I, I might do that. <laughs> yeah, I just recently started to get into chaos magic. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, <clears throat> the program I'm doing at Rice is um, it's a mystic. It's in within oh, the religious okay, cool. studies department, mysticism. but they they have mysticism nice. and esoteric religion. So, I'm gonna see if I can like write a paper on chaos magic. We'll see. It's very um, cool. Yeah, I just learned about it through like podcasts and stuff and and like books. And I ordered the Book of the Law and oh fuck and read yeah. all about it. I haven't read <laughs> the Book of the nuts. Law, but that's just on my fucking list. Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Of course, it's not. <laughs> it's yeah. That, is that the point? But it or looks great. Yeah. It looks very cool. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just this little red book yeah it's like a infinite jest yeah. like yeah, oh, yeah i have yeah. that it's on my bookshelf yeah like, it's a good table <laughs> uh, coffee table makes book. it look like you're smart like <laughs> makes me look like i will curse you if you fuck with me so have any of your sigils worked or um, i guess you're supposed to forget them but yeah i've honestly i've forgotten about it and not yet <laughs> okay yeah not yet yeah i'm still kind of like in apparently becoming a chaos magician or a magician yeah. in general takes a lot yeah. of time and practice so yeah um i haven't been doing it long enough for me to like see if yeah. anything but i have noticed in other ways in my life that things have manifested oh, okay. like um like you like i had always wanted to move to new york you oh, yeah. know um I'd always wanted to go to Rice. Like, I didn't even, that just happened oh, wow. all of a sudden. I was like, awesome. I, it didn't happen the way that I thought it was mm -hmm. going to happen. Like, it just, you know, so I think that's sort of a form of chaos magic because sure. the ultimate goal is to set an intention yeah. and to work towards that mm -hmm. thing, you know, so whether it's not or not really you know, even magic, it's just like taking steps planning it is setting a goal and then <laughs> it's almost sort of magic in that like you don't even think about it when it's happening right you know but it's crazy it's like people don't realize they like like we were talking about earlier like they get so scared mm -hmm. of like the what ifs that they mm -hmm. like don't even make the moves and it's like no you can actually do this thing you just have to put in the work yeah. like um i was talking about to my boyfriend earlier about how like you know, everybody buys all like the workout equipment mm -hmm. and like buys the new yoga mat and the yoga pants and then like doesn't want to do the work nope. that it takes to nope. do it. That's you our know? capitalist go uh, <laughs> economy for you. Yeah. It's um, like the, pr it's like the promise of, yeah. It's just like, what can I throw money at me being fit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like can I buy things in yeah. order for me to actually do something. No. 
Yeah, and it's you think, like, oh yeah, I'll be motivated to do this. I have so many workout pants. Yeah, and <laughs> so little motivation. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, you have to put in the work. Yeah. You have to make the scary you can go jump. Work out like in jeans. <laughs> That's real. the hardest part. <laughs> you can do it in yeah. whatever you have. Yeah, exactly. But hey you guys, won't. can you just keep it down a little? <laughs> We have guys yelling about eating ass. Very uh, <laughs> cool, guys. Very cool. Very cool. cool. Um, studded jackets. I 12 don't years old. <laughs> 12 years old. I don't know how they got in here. No. Um, uh, we're sucking on his thumb. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. We're recording at the secret group, by the way. Shout out to the secret group. Um, come here for shows every night, any Ooh. night. They have things. They so got things all the time. Come check it out. Um, but yeah, so it's like a lot of people don't want to take like that oh, yeah. scary That's jump. So, um, yeah. So yoga. That's okay. Um, whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, yoga. New York. What yeah. else? What else? What else is new? Are you? What are you doing until you move to New York? Saving. Uh huh. Uh, I tried to run for favor, but that turned out to be a bust. Run for favor? Yeah, you know that uh, like uh, food delivery thing. It's like uh, it's like uh, Uber, Uber for food. But you run? Well, y- you just drive. Oh, you just okay. Deliver food to people. I order it more than I actually <laughs> drive because uh-huh. you only make like five dollars per thing and that's more gas money than anything so. yeah exactly I just got a free shirt out of it <laughs> there you go and if i if push comes to shove and i have to do it in new york i'll always have that shirt that's true there you go yeah, yeah. what are you gonna do in new york put more paralegal yeah. stuff yeah uh, i have people looking for oh stuff, hell yeah but if you know anybody yeah i'll ask around yeah. for sure yeah, I'll give you names to people for shows oh, awesome. and give you a yes. rundown of, like, mics and stuff, too. I'm happy Hell to, yes. like, help, help you, like, get your feet wet at least a little bit. Yes. Actually, you might be a good idea. I'll talk to you about it after. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I have an idea, maybe. Cool chat. Um, so, yeah. So, um, okay. How have do you been? What's going on? What's new with you? I am good. <laughs> I so, am. You, did you just recently start new school? or I'm starting in oh, okay. the fall awesome. so yeah I started at Rice I started a new job uh, at Rice yeah ah, I, I started awesome. a new job tutoring so I'm just cool. like just getting adjusted it's mm-hmm. been a little stressful like having to work you know right, again yeah. like <laughs> not just like living out of my not car like, oh, yeah. like oh no now I have to pay bills and shit yeah. so That's um, but yeah I'm, yeah I'm excited so That's fun. um do you have any shows coming up in Houston or oh, I don't think I do I, I just like recently finished uh, the run of the Harry Potter roast. And that oh was my very god, fun. you did that! Oh, yeah, it okay. was Hermione. It was it was a lot of fucking oh fun. Oh my god! But it was a lot of work. And, yeah. Uh, we we had a few shows. And those just finished. I think they might be posting them somewhere. So check them out online. Maybe? Yeah, check oh. them out online. Okay, give your, uh, your oh yeah. Twitter, and Instagram. My Insta is Katie McGee sixty nine. Hell yeah! And so is my Twitter, I believe. <laughs> Do you sixty nine or? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Every hell day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So Katie McGee sixty nine. Yep. Um, on both. Yes. Um, so check her out, and thank you for yes. being on. Thank it you was so great. much for having yes. me. Yes. Okay. Um, All right. Bye. Okay, congratulations. Um, you made it to the end of the interview. Now's the point when I um, give you money through reverse tithing. 
um, there you download the app on the Apple Store. So here's how it works. You download the app on the Apple Store. Look at um, reverse tithing. Um, if you don't find that on there, um, look up Candy Crush. Um, is actually um, anyway that's not funny. Okay, I was trying to think of something funny uh, like a Joel. Ost I don't know what Joel Osteen's app is, so I'd have to look that up first. But I try to only do this in one take. So anyway, so look up reverse tithing um, and download that app. Unfortunately, there are some glitch. We're experiencing some glitches right now. So right now I can't hand you money through the phone. Um, but know that that money is in your karma bank. Hey, karma bank. Um, you could cash it in, but um, you have to keep at least $200 in the account before you can cash anything in. So keep listening, share the podcast with your friends. You'll get an extra $5 um, into your karma bank. If you share this with friends, you'll get an extra $10 in your karma bank. If you leave a review on iTunes, um, so do that. And that's going to help you build up your karma. Um, leave a review on iTunes, preferably a positive one though, you know, uh, you know, any press is good press. That's what I say. So, or was that Lindsay Lohan's mom? But anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, let's see. Okay. I'm helping now produce a comedy show at the secret group called sugar town. It's on the last Friday of the month. The upcoming one is Friday, June 29th. It's an absurdist comedy show. So um, lots of absurd videos. We have free snacks, lots of free sweets and treats, um, hence the name Sugar Town. Um, there will be free shots of alcohol for those who participate. Um, free weed actually also and maybe a few other free treats lots of goodies it's a lot of fun um, so come check it out 8 p.m. at the secret group Friday June 29th um, that will give you an extra $20 in your karma bank so my website therapistjokes.com buy some art please um, if you see anything you like I'll also take commissions um, send me an email, therapistjokes at gmail.com. Okay, I love y'all. Bye. Oh, wait. I wish you all pussy, money, weed, enlightenment. Namaste. Bye.